Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Portable Magic Dispenser, a podcast for your school library, public library, or whatever. My name is Lucas Maxwell, and I'm the librarian at Glenthorne High School in Thutton, South London, in the UK. And these are short uh, podcasts all about practical things that you can do in your library. Hopefully, uh, this is useful to you. I don't know if it is or not, but... um, uh, today I'm going to be uh, talking about um, something I don't know very much about, which is not a, uh, um, a surprise if you've listened to this before, but um, I'm going to talk about uh, chat GPT, which seems to be getting a lot of attention, and I have been using it lately, um, possibly to my demise, I don't know, um, if this will become some sort of uh, life force that uh, destroys everybody on the planet, I have no clue. I don't uh, pretend to know everything about it. I do know that I have some practical uh, uses for it. Um, So first off, I guess I'll uh, describe what it is. Essentially, it's um, artificial intelligence, and and it uh, is uh, a chatbot. You give it a task or ask it a question, and it responds to you. It's... It should be known that it's it's much more than just an alternative to Google, though. Um, on the surface, it appears to be you know thinking about what it is doing and can respond with almost kind of eerie accuracy and quite a bit of detail. It's not a fact-giving machine, but uh, some sort of conversation slash idea generator. Um, there's a lot of fear out there that students or whoever are going to be using them to like write write a paper for me on this. Um, I, I think it would do that for you if you, if you said do it, um, but I think you would see that it lacks quite a bit of personality. Um, I'm not saying that this should not be a fear. I just think uh, if, a, if someone is marking a paper, I think you should be able to notice that it's written by that. I hope. I don't know. But um, um, I'm just thinking of ways that uh, that. Uh, it can be used in a, in a good way uh, in a library setting. So before you use ChatGPT, um, there are important things to know that when you use it, um, you sign a waiver basically saying that anything you ask it, uh, they can send to any law enforcement agency that they choose um, or any third-party vendor that they choose. So if you're asking it, if you're providing it personal details or anything, they can just, without your, you've consented if you're using it, um, they're going to send that if they want to, to any law enforcement agency or third party vendor. Um, under 18 should not be engaging with this program as per its terms of agreement. So under 18, okay. Um, anything you ask it or tell it uh, cannot ever, can never be deleted. That's something that's very important to know. Uh, it seems to, at the moment, as I'm recording this on the 12th of April, 2023, um, it has very limited knowledge on topics after 2021, and therefore it will make things up, including bibliographic uh, references. So it's not connected to the internet. Uh, I don't understand that either, so don't ask me to explain that. Um, If it doesn't know something, it simply makes things up like a lot of lying humans do. (laughs) Um, And like I said, it will notoriously makes fake academic sources for bibliography. So um, let's, why not? Why not just jump right into this program? Seems like fun thing to do. I'm going to go through some ways that I've used it and maybe things that it could be used for uh, school or public libraries. And if, you know, of course, 
you might have other ideas that are better. Uh, that would be cool. Um, but it could be used for reader's advisory. So an example, um, you could say to it, I really enjoyed this book. I really enjoyed Rules for Vampires by Alex Fowkes, which I recommend, by the way, if you have any readers uh, in your life, ages, um, you know, eight, nine plus, eight to 11. I would really recommend that. It's really funny, really heartfelt, and beautifully illustrated. Just a great story involving vampires and um, everything in between. Uh, but you could say, I really enjoyed Rules for Vampires by Alex Fowkes. What should I read next? And it, in, Or whatever book, right? And in theory, it will provide you a list of books that are related to that title. Um, you could, of course, insert any kind of television show, book, uh, film. Um, I think in this regard, it has a lot of potential for helping librarians who are possibly very busy or don't have the time to, you know, provide readers advisory at a certain on certain books you know any good librarian should be reading constantly not constantly but as much as they can it is not easy to do um it all has to be done on your free time because we're all extremely busy but um uh it should be done uh you know when it can be in my opinion but the, you can't read everything it's ridiculous how much uh, reading material is out there now so i think this is something that it, it could be um it could do and being a librarian can be a very isolating position. Um, the, the chat GPT therefore could act like a very basic library helper who gives you a list of books to recommend, basically in the blink of an eye. Um, and related to that point, it could be um, display creation. Um, if you need to create a display, it could throw together ideas that make it attractive, more eye-catching, etc. Um, one way I've been using it quite a bit is for quizzes, which we our manga slash comic book club absolutely love. Um, I have done this in a couple of ways. I've done like, uh, what have I done? I, I did one the other day that was like, uh, write me a, a 10 question, no, write me a five question uh, My Hero Academia quiz with the answers. So you have to provide, otherwise we won't give you the answers. And it does it. And then I would say, okay, write me five more and make them harder. And it will do it. It'll make them harder. And I just made five for My Hero Academia, five for One Piece, um, five for Demon Slayer, and I think five for another one, maybe um, Full Metal Alchemist or something like that. And so I had like a 20-question quiz ready to go in three minutes. And that helped me on a day that I was very, very busy and didn't have time to make up my own quiz. And they're good. They're good questions. They're hard questions. They're not. Some of them are easy, of course. But um, and you can say to it, make it easy, make it uh, make it hard, etc. Um, it doesn't have to be manga, of course. It could be anything. You can say, <laughs> write write me a quiz on um, the new Super Mario Brothers movie or something like that. It might. It, it would do it. Or maybe it won't because it's after 2021. Um, I don't know. I, I just thought of that because I just came from that movie. Um, and anyway, um, I would use it for qu quizzes for sure. Um, the thing that someone said to me about ChatGPT recently is that um, it, it can help remove the anxiety that comes from staring at a blank page. And I, I agree with that really because it can provide limitless like prompts and ideas for writing and being creative. Um, like I said, yes, it you can take it too far and say, write me a 10 page paper and it will do it. Um, but this is where librarians come in, you know, 
we need to be the ones guiding them, guiding people through the process. I mean, students shouldn't really be using it as per its um, policy, but um, they you should be guiding patrons, especially if you're in a public library, but using it responsibly, um, using it to the best uh, to the best uh, way they can. And the bottom line is they probably are using it, even though it's supposed to be 18. Um, and I think you just have to accept that, just like you have to accept that, um, you know, I've got kids uh, who are 11-year-olds in the library who know Stranger Things from top to bottom. And I, I personally think that's, uh, I don't know if that's making me sound like a prude or something, but I think that is a bit dark for an 11-year-old. But anyway... There we go. Um, it can also be an explanatory guide. So um, it could potentially act as a guide to understand complex issues or topics. Um, again, you need to you maybe not use current news topics, but historical topics, anything before 2021. Um, I think it would be good to, for older students on, uh, on how to write something. Like, how do I write a good introduction? How do I write a good uh, conclusion? How do I write a, a bibliography in a certain style? How do I write a literature review? Um, how do I research sources responsibly? I think you could use that really effectively. Um, I also think it could be used for um, uh, program development. So do you need an idea like for a craft club, manga club, book club questions? It could sa save you an absolute ton of time. Um, I, uh, as everybody knows who knows me and sees me on social media, I'd never shut up about Dungeons & Dragons. Um, because I absolutely love it, and um, it's been kind of like a lifesaver for me. Um, I've already asked it just for fun. The other day I wrote, uh, I, I sent a prompt to it. I said, write write me a Dungeons & Dragons, no, describe for me a Dungeons & Dragons um, magic shop. And it just, bang, 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 bang. And you know what? When you are a dungeon master, the whole thing about D&D is that you don't realize um, – uh, you don't know what the, what your players are going to do. And that's the fun thing about it. So you have to be very good at improvisation. Um, and if they say, oh, I'm going to go in the shop and talk to the shopkeeper. What's the shopkeeper's name? What do they have on the shelves? And you have nothing prepared. Um, this is actually a really good way to, to have stuff prepared within, like in seconds. There's tons of material books out there um that will do that for you but you need to sit down and you need to like write things out and if you know that you've got a session coming up and you think well they might enter this shop or they might do this and that you can preempt any kind of like dead air or whatever awkward you kind of like flipping through books and stuff um and it could it could help you with all kinds of stuff in that way um i think uh i think that it has a huge amount of potential that way um there is a great uh, article on this topic that I really recommend. Um, it's called How to Use ChatGPT as an Example Machine. Um, and I can provide the link uh, for that. And it give, like if you give it, uh, here, this, is, this is an example that it provides. So for, for teaching and learning, um, essentially they say something like, give me the life cycle of a star. And then ChatGPT will, will give you the answer. But then you, it gives you, goes through step by step the life cycle of a star. But then um, uh, you can say to it, now do the same thing, but give me the answers in the wrong order. And then you give that wrong order to your students and you get them to um, put them in the right order. And so 
you can see the potential for learning is there, but how heavily you know human beings must be involved in the process, um, which I find fascinating. Uh, and I'm definitely not some expert on it, but in in other ways, you could you could get it to um, explain um, historical books. You could get it to explain classic literature, which um, our students not not for like exam questions or anything like that, but if you are studying a certain thing, and if I if I'm looking at a certain book in a library in the library, I could get them to could get it to help explain complex topics that different books um, provide. I mean, going back to the um, read-alikes um, thing on the School Library Journal website, it has um, someone who just entered a, entered a prompt. Uh, it just said read-alikes for New Kid by Jerry Craft. New Kid being that amazing graphic novels, won tons of prizes. There's been a couple sequels to it. It's really good. And it said, here are some middle grade graphic novels that are similar in theme and style to New Kid. And it gives you, I think, really good ones like El Defo, um, Raina Telgemeier's uh, series. Um, all these graphic novels deal with the themes of identity, diversity, fitting in. Mona by Noelle Stevenson. Um, El Defo, I already said that one. Uh, Giants Beware, uh, on and on. I mean, um, it also gives you uh, American-born Chinese, Smile, um, crossover graphic novel, on and on. So you can see how it is thinking about themes and ideas within books and it, it giving you examples that are that are really helpful actually so just for fun i'm just now as i'm writing this i asked chat gpt a question or just gave it a prompt i should say you don't need to ask it a question you just give it prompts and i wrote name ways that a school librarian can use chat gpt so then it, it within um seconds it's currently writing it gave me seven option or seven answers um it says there are many ways the school librarian can use chat gpt to improve the learning experience of their students here are some ideas number one answering reference questions chat gpt can help the librarian answer reference questions that students might have such as the definition of a word or the location of a book i agree with that the location of the book i don't know how that's gonna maybe well, obviously within the dewey decimal system i suppose um uh, definitions is really good. Um, explanations of complex terms and ideas. Um, number two, recommending books, which we've talked about. Um, ChatGPT can recommend books based on a student's interests or reading level. The librarian can also use ChatGPT to create reading lists for different grade levels. Uh, I agree with that. I haven't used it to create full lists. I kind of like to create my own list, but um, I think um, I'm going to do another example in a minute and see what happens with it and see how, what I think of it as someone who reads a lot about this topic. So let's go, but I'm gonna go through the others in a minute. Um, number three, <clears throat> conducting research. ChatGPT can help students with the research by suggesting relevant sources, providing summaries of articles and helping them find information on specific topics. And I agree, I like the summary of the article, like using it as like almost an abstract for it to, to provide the explanation. Number four, offering writing tips. ChatGPT can offer writing tips to students, such as how to structure an essay or how to avoid common grammar mistakes. Um, number five, providing language practice. ChatGPT can help students practice their language skills by offering prompts for writing exercises or by engaging in conversation in a foreign language. That's an interesting one. Six, creating quizzes, which uh, I've been using lots of. ChatGPT can help the librarians create quizzes to test students' knowledge on various topics. This can be a fun and interactive way for students to review what they have learned. Number seven, 
providing cultural insight. ChatGPT can help students learn about different cultures by providing information on customs, traditions, and beliefs. Overall, ChatGPT can be a valuable tool for the school librarian to enhance the learning experience of their students. You know, and I agree with it. Um, this um, this robot overlord or whatever, whatever it is, not a robot. I don't know. Um, I do agree with a lot of those. To be honest, I think it has a lot of potential. I'm going to ask it a question now, and we'll see. I'm going to write. I'm going to do this live. Very exciting stuff. Um, recommend a list of middle grade books for fans of. Dungeons and Dragons, because this is something that our students really love at school. D&D um, has taken off to levels I can't even describe, and they want to read books around it. They want to read books that are similar. Do you have books like D&D, sir? And there's only so many books like D&D books that there are out there. And I, I what I do now is I have a, of a closet. They're not cataloged or anything because they're on my personal <laughs> books, but they're like the D&D Monster Manual. Um the, um, you know, Volo's Guide to Monsters, um, Van Richten's Guide, different guides and different books. Um, and the reason why I don't have them cataloged is, like I said, they're my own personal books and they're very expensive to get in the library. And I think they would eventually fall. Like, they're, they're quite well constructed, but they're really expensive. They're like 28 pounds a piece. And I just think... Um, I won't. I won't have them on the shelf at the moment. Maybe as a reference, but anybody can go grab them from this cupboard. Um, but what I do recommend, if you are uh, before I hit return on this question on this prompt, um, what I do recommend is that you um, uh, you look at things like the D and D annuals, which are very very popular. Um, and uh, there are some endless quests. They're called. They're like uh, choose your own adventure, Dungeons and Dragons style. They're very popular. And there's a book called brilliant brand new comic book graphic novel called Roll Call by uh, Molly Ostertag, which is absolutely amazing. It really captures the whole camaraderie of D&D. It flits in between um, the D&D story and the real life kids who are playing D&D and things that are going on in their lives and how D&D helps them. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to change my question a little bit and go recommend a list of five uh, middle grade books for fans of Dungeons and Dragons. Um, and here we go. If you're looking for middle grade books that fans of Dungeons and Dragons might enjoy, here are five recommendations. The Adventurer's Guide to Successful Escapes by Wade Albert White. I don't know what that book is. Um, this book follows three friends who are training to become monster hunters. When they accidentally get sent to a different world, they have to use their skills to survive and find a way back home. Number two, The Ruins of Goreland by John Flanagan. Um, I do know that one. That's the Ranger's Apprentice, right? Um, this is the first in the, yes, the Ranger's Apprentice series, which follows a young orphan named Will who becomes an apprentice to a ranger. Together, they must protect the kingdom from danger. Uh, the Land of Stories, uh, The Wishing Spell by Chris Colfer. Of course, that's a really popular one, actually, in our library. I don't know what they're like in other libraries or bookshops or whatever, but uh, I think they're big. There are a lot in the there are a lot in the series, um, and yeah, they are really uh, really popular. So uh, that's number three. Number four, the Unwanted's by Lisa McCann. Lisa McMahon. Don't know what that book is either. This book takes place in a world where creativity is punished, and those who are deemed unwanted are sent to a place called the Death Camp. That does not sound <laughs> happy, but it sounds like a cool book. However, the Death Camp is not what it seems. And the children there discover a magical world where they could use their creativity. Hmm. 
Never heard of that book. Don't know if it's a middle grade book. I'm not saying because I haven't heard of it. It isn't. I just, I've never heard of that one or um, The Adventure's Guide to Successful Escapes. La, last but not least, The Last Kids on Earth by Max uh, Brelier or Brelier. I don't know how to pronounce his last name. Uh, of course, I know that book. This book follows a group of kids who are living in a world overrun by zombies. They must use their skills to survive and find other survivors. This book is filled with action, adventure, and humor. All of these books feature themes and elements that Dungeons & Dragons fans may enjoy, such as adventure, magic, and fantastical creatures. So you could, uh, I could have said, give me a list of 20 books and it would have done it, but I didn't want to do that. Um, this is pretty good, I guess. Uh, I don't know a couple of those books, so I'd have to like, so then I, I would go and then look those books up, but that might be, a, that's an amazing thing. If I then, oh, wow. Like uh, the Adventurer's Guide to Successful Escapes. Maybe um, that's an, you know, maybe an amazing book that I just missed, or maybe it's from the U.S. and it's sometimes that stuff doesn't come over to the U.K. And that gets into the hands of a student that absolutely uh, loves it and therefore, and, you know, becomes a really popular book. Um, I think uh, that's, uh, that's a great thing if it's done that. So um, not bad uh, overall. Um, <laughs> Last but not least, I'm just going to type something else into this thing just to see what happens. Um, I won't go through maybe all the results of it. Um, this is something that um, a lot of school librarians deal with. I've dealt with um, my whole life and, uh, you know, <laughs> my whole quote-unquote professional life, um, which actually hasn't been that long. Uh, I wouldn't say I've been a professional more than nine years, maybe. Um, uh, so... This is uh, what I've written in. Written in. Um, how can a school librarian display their worth? As in, how can they? I don't know if "display" is a great was a great f phrase for me, uh, but how can they um, show their value to the school? You know, is what I'm trying to get across. But actually, it's answers. Five answers, really good. Um, a school librarian can display their worth in a number of ways: collaboration with teachers, and it goes on to how to collaborate with teachers, um, engaging students. School librarians can engage students by providing programs and events that promote reading, learning, and exploration. Number three, collection development, carefully selecting and maintaining a collection of resources. Number four, information literacy, teaching students critical thinking skills, research skills, and digital literacy skills. They can equip them with tools they need to be successful in school and beyond. Five, professional development. By engaging in ongoing professional development, staying current, librarians can demonstrate their commitment to excellence and their dedication to providing the best possible service to their school community. In summary, school librarians can display their worth by collaborating with teachers, engaging students, developing their collection, teaching info literacy, and engaging in ongoing professional development. These activities showcase the unique and valuable role that librarians play in the education of students. Now, uh, apologies for me just reading from ChatGPT, but I thought it'd be cool if I live. I did it live. Um, this is something I'm using quite a bit to uh, mainly with quizzes at the moment and mainly with readers advisory. But as a school librarian, I'm really excited to to use it, to be honest, uh, to help students research more effectively because I teach EPQ, with, um, which is essentially an extended project qualification where students are writing a 6,000 word uh, dissertation. And I have trouble getting through to them how to footnote properly. And I I'm going to try to use ChatGPT to show them maybe examples or, you know, just show them how it's done and how to write a bibliography and how to research responsibly. Um, I think that's one way I'm going to do it, but hopefully that was helpful to you. And um, I'd be interested to know how you use chat GPT or if it's, um, 
our school currently blocks it, of course, which I'm not sure all schools do. But I, I know maybe they're using it on their own. So like, look, if you're using it on your own, here's how you can use it. Um, and I use it at you know on my own at home to like create a quiz up in like two minutes, which is easy to do. Um, but I really recommend you doing it and giving it a shot. To be honest, even though it is uh, kind of frightening how accurate and how um, eerily um, um, in tune it is with things. Um, but anyway, that's it. That's the podcast. I hope you enjoyed that. I will talk to you next time. Take care. Bye.